to this Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Episode number 40. Much of the Nikko area in the Tochigi Prefecture, a few hours drive north of Tokyo, is perched high in the mountains and for obvious reasons is very close to the Japanese people's hearts. Nikko is the synergy of culture and nature. Next week I'll be looking into more of the cultural side, but today we're going to look at some shots of a few waterfalls, among other things. Before we start today, I have one piece of housekeeping that cannot wait until the end of the episode. From today, and coincidentally coinciding with uh, episode 40, the 40th anniversary I guess, I am able to bring you the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast on uh, from a Mac, Apple Mac computer as an enhanced podcast. This means that you can now follow along with the photographs I talk about on your iPod and the images will change in the uh, on the iPod screen at the same time as I uh, start talking about different photos. Yes, this basically means that I've given into Apple's marketing strategy of only making the chapter tool used to make the enhanced podcasts available for the Mac platform and not for Windows. I figure the longer I wait, the more I'll have to do uh, to catch up on the uh, the enhanced podcast side. Um, and also, I'll if I now that I've bought the Mac computer, I'm not going to have to uh, write so many mails to people each week explaining why I can't do enhanced podcasts. I personally was not that bothered about uh, making this podcast enhanced as I would really prefer you to look at the images full size on the web and not a tiny little iPod screen but I do sometimes enjoy seeing the photos uh, change on other photography related podcasts and uh, so I can appreciate the um, desire to be able to do this. Finally, before moving on to the main topic uh, for today, I should congratulate all of the Windows-based podcasters worldwide uh, because now that I have given up my stand against Apple, you can bet your bottom dollar that there'll be a chapter tool available for Windows release within the next month or so. Uh, And while we're on the subject of dollars, I would say that I've invested around $1,400 this weekend. so, and that was actually money that was being saved up towards my next lens. So I hope you can appreciate uh, what a sacrifice I've made to this podcast um, and really trying to just make it as best as it can be. I've also spent most of the weekend arguing with my better half over spending this money. <laughs> she is most definitely not a happy teddy right now. So if you are happy or relieved that you finally have this podcast in enhanced, enhanced mode, and you feel, feel like helping me pay for the Mac that I needed to realize this, uh, you can make cash donations of any size uh, from the podcast page at martinbaileyphotography.com. Of course, there's never been any obligation uh, and never will be any obligation or pressure to pay anything, and this podcast will remain fundamentally free, but a few dollars' support will definitely help restore peace in the Bailey household right now. So that out of the way, let's get on to today's main topic. On the 21st of May 2006, I decided to go to Nikko in the Tochigi Prefecture 
which is a few hours drive north of Tokyo. Then the following Sunday on the 28th I went back with a friend who was visiting from India. The reason for my first visit was twofold. I was on a reconnaissance trip uh, for the second visit that I had arranged the following weekend. Uh, but that was not really much of a reason though as I have been to this area a number of times since I first came to Japan in 1991 and I know the, the area pretty well. The second reason is that I was interested in shooting the Ryuzu no Taki or Ryuzu Falls. Uh, the thing is I'd found on the web during my planning for the visit that the fresh spring green leaves and the azalea flowers that bloom around these falls at uh, the same time were not yet in bloom or, or sprouting for the leaves. Um, though uh, they were probably going to be in bloom uh, and the leaves were going to be getting nice, lots of nice young foliage the following weekend when I was due to come back with my friend and I wanted to see uh, just how close the foliage was to sprouting and the azalea to blooming. I found the azalea buds quite full and ready to bloom so I decided it would be worth coming back to this spot again the following week. Also though I would not have the time to spend uh, getting my shot right the following week though I knew that I would want to shoot something. Um, so on this particular on the first day I wanted to also take a walk around the area and get any possible shots and planned shots for my uh, next visit at the same time. The first image of the entire falls from the first visit is shot number 989. Now this is not a great shot, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, the nice blue sky helps and I was lucky to find some pink uh, blossom on the trees to the left of the falls uh, to add a splash of colour. The downside is, is that the surrounding trees are a little drab and uninteresting and the day was so bright that there's a lot of contrast between the water and the, uh, the surroundings. I used an ND8 circular neutral density filter to give uh, or to block out the three stops of light and I also used a circular polarizer which blocks out another two stops of light for a total of five stops. This meant that with an ISO 50 and an aperture of f16 the exposure for this shot was one second. This allowed me to capture the water of the falls with a silky flowing feel uh, that I kind of like. In contrast to this shot, let's skip to shot number uh, 1006 from the following Sunday to see the difference. The following Sunday I was lucky to have very different weather conditions. Sure, a nice blue sky makes um, the shots look warm, but in reality very bright days are very rarely as photogenic as one might think. This image was made again with the ND8 neutral density filter uh, but without a polarizer. The polarizer would perhaps have brought out the greens in the leaves a little more uh, but I don't think I really needed it. It was raining um, throughout most of this day and this really helped to um, saturate and I guess again pun intended uh, all of the colors in the greens and really bring them out making them look very very vivid. So as you can see the the greens are all out now the leaves on the, the young leaves on the trees and we're also seeing the um, the pink blossom to the trees on the left has now fallen giving way to some 
splashes of red throughout the image as the azalea flowers start to bloom, adding a little uh, extra touch of interest. Once again, uh, at f16 for this shot, I chose ISO 100 and was now exposing for two seconds, not one, as with the last shot. So basically, I had one extra stop of ISO, one extra stop of exposure uh, because of the, uh, the extra second, and two extra stops uh, from not using the polarizer, making a total of four stops more light for this image over the last. We can see that the contrast between the water and the surrounding is, is now much less too, uh, making for an all-round much more pleasing image. Looking around the web for reasons why these falls are called the Dragonhead Falls, I found various theories, uh, so I don't know which one is for real. I'd say that uh, all could be based on hypothesis rather than fact. One possibility is that the falls, as they split into two, look more like um, a dragon's head, uh, though I don't really see it um, just from this point. The thing is, on another one of the um, possibilities is that the rocks, the undulating rocks over which the water flows, and we'll see in a few uh, images from now, actually runs right the way up the hill uh, for 210 meters. And if you were to view this from a, a vantage point above the falls, it may well look like one of the mythical Japanese or Chinese dragons um, basically flying down the mountainside. Another thing is, if you look at it from this particular vantage point, the rocks or the, the ground in the middle of the shot could be the head, and then the, the white falls coming either side could be the dragon's talons. Um, Maybe also another thing that I read was that the um, the white on the larger side of the falls was the top part of the head, and the smaller falls was the the bottom jaw. So we're looking at the head from an aerial perspective again. But again, I'm not really sure which of these is correct. I would think that the 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 rocks, um, the water flowing over the rocks, looking like scales on the dragon's back is probably the uh, the most viable theory. Either way, I'm uh, really just quite pleased to have been able to come back to these falls a number of times over the years, as I, I find them quite beautiful. I actually have a slide of pretty much the same view uh, from back in 1991 when I first visited, but I've never really been happy enough with the shot to post it on my website. Now let's take a look um, at a slightly different view from the same falls, a different view of the same falls uh, from the rainy day the following week, which is shot number 1005. There is a similar view, a similar image uh, from the first week uh, on my website too, but we'll just look at the latter image today. This time I've closed in a little uh, so as just to focus on the right hand falls. The last Two shots, by the way, were made with my 16 to 35 millimeter f 2.8 L lens, and this shot was made with my 24 to 105 millimeter f 4 L lens to get in a little bit closer. I was at 47 millimeters focal length for this shot. I was still shooting at ISO 100, 
but was now only exposing for one second, again at F16. I found the water was blowing out a little bit uh, too much at two seconds, uh, once I closed in on the scene a little bit. So here I'd, um, I'd had to really just halve the exposure. So here my main point is, as I've said before, it's often possible to create a beautiful yet uh, totally different image of the same scene by singling out smaller areas using the uh, or using a longer focal length. This allows us to pour over the detail of this waterfall much more easily than in the last image, which is attractive for different reasons, I would say. In this shot, we can uh, not only see more detail in the water as it pours over the rocks, but we can also see, um, if we look closely, that the water is visible between the trees for quite a way up the hill in the distance. The drop of the waterfall um, is actually 60 meters, um, but as I mentioned earlier, the falls in their, entire, in, in their entirety, um, which can really be better described as rapids rather than falls, are 210 meters long, stretching up the mountainside. In the next shot, uh, image number 991, again from the first week, I had climbed some stone stairs that uh, wind their way up the hill to the right of the falls and snuck through a gap in a fence, and I made my way down to the side of the water. Standing precariously on uh, the moss-covered rocks with two of my tripod legs in the water, I got down as low as I could to the level of the water for this shot of the rapids above the falls. This is the area that I mentioned earlier where the, um, the water's flowing over the undulating rocks, and this is what is being um, thought of as the scales of the dragon's back. And we can also see to the left, from the centre to the left of this shot, um, the point where the the river or the falls split into two separate falls that we saw dropping into the pool in the last shot. Again using my 16 to 35 millimetre f2.8 lens at 18 millimetres for this shot, I was using ISO 50 and the ND8 and circular polarizer filters. I tried to avoid using um, this and my uh, 24 to 105 millimeter wide open uh, with more than one filter as I get pretty bad vignetting. As I rarely remove my protector filter, especially around waterfalls where there's water spraying up, I actually had three filters on the lens while shooting these images. So at 18 millimeters, actually I was starting to get a, a fair amount of, of vignetting. So I've actually cropped this image just a touch. The aperture was again f16 and the shutter speed was one eighth of a second for this image. I think the low perspective has helped me to emphasize the uh, fast flowing expanse of water, but I also like the splash of blue sky in the distance and also the red, white and yellow splashes of color in the uh, three people's clothes that have snuck into the um, image at the top, probably sneaking through the fence as I have done. I don't always like to shoot with people in the frame, and indeed I shot a number here without them, uh, but I chose this shot as I think the people add some scale and also, as I, as I say, the splash of colour. Moving on to the last shot of these falls for today, image number 992, was uh, made 
from the bridge that goes over the river just uh, as it starts to drop in what is officially the start of the falls, 210 metres uh, up from the first shot we looked at today. This whole area is already 1,400 metres above sea level, but we can see the Chuzenji Lake in the distance, which is where the water we see flowing down the mountain here will temporarily end up. Um, I say temporarily, as the water will at some point flow off, off through the uh, Kegon Falls, which I showcased in episode 11, and we'll also take a look at next week. This image, also shot with my 16-35mm lens, was again at f16 ISO 100 for a quarter of a second. The shutter speed here is enough to give the water a flowing feel, but I couldn't go any slower as there were cars and buses crossing the bridge on which I was standing, and the vibration would ruin the shots. I had to keep waiting for a break in the traffic anyway, and I didn't want to risk any longer shutter speeds. Again, here I was uh, still using the ND8 neutral density filter and the circular polarizer filter. The next shot I want to look at, image number 994, takes us away from the falls for a little while. This is a simple shot of the top of Mount Nantai, with some birch trees in the foreground. This is quite a serene scene, uh, with the nice blue sky and a few fluffy clouds. The birch trees are what drew me to the shot while looking for stuff to shoot in the Senjogahara area on the plateau up here in the Nikko Highlands. The way the birch trees are separated into the bunch on the right and then the uh, soul tree on the left is also kind of appealing. Senjogahara actually means the uh, battlefield plains. Um, legend has it that the gods of the mountains in this, sh uh, or well, one of the mountains in this shot, uh, Mount Nantai, and another, Mount Akagi, uh, all, they turned into a giant centipede and a giant snake and fought here in the, um, in the, the, on the plains and Mount Nantai won. Nantai actually translates as man's body, uh, as in, not, as in, not man as in mankind, but um, the opposite to a woman. And Akagi means a red fort or castle. There's nothing technically... Uh, great about this shot. I was um, shooting again with ISO 100 uh, for 1 20th of a second at f16 with my 24 to 105 millimeter f4 lens. Okay, so back to another waterfall, but we're only going to look at uh, the waterfall as a secondary subject. There is a shot of the Yudaki, or the U Falls, uh, on my site too, but it's not that great, so I'm not going to include it into the pod in the podcast. I'll put a link uh, that will take you to all of the shots from this uh, these two weekends into the show notes for today, though, so you can browse them at your leisure. The one that I do want to quickly look at is image number 995, I approached the platform in front of the falls to shoot another one of these natural wonders and I found two gentlemen already set up with their tripods uh, pho photographing the falls. I stood my tripod behind them and as I viewed um, 
the scene through my camera's finder to see if the lens was appropriate and what have you. Uh, this image kind of just appealed to me. So uh, these two guys, you know, they're bent over their tripod, shooting away uh, without even really acknowledging my existence at first. Um, just brought a smile to my face. They soon realized that I was behind them and the guy to the left moved his camera out of the way to let me in for my shot. Um, they asked me which uh, neutral density filter I was using as they'd only brought a one-stop ND2 filter. So I, I loaned them my uh, ND8 for a while as with the ND2 the folds were still so bright that they could not shoot them at uh, slow enough shutter speeds to give the folds that flowing effect uh, even with their lenses uh, stopped down to the smallest aperture. We spoke for a little while and uh, I moved on uh, to the last part of my trip on the first day. Next week I'll go into more detail and show you some more images from the following weekend um, but for today let's just look at one more shot from this area which is uh, image number 998. The sky was full of clouds that kept rolling in front of the sun and so the light was changing often as I walked through the woods near Yudaki. The light in this particular shot literally lasted just seconds and didn't come back while I was standing there. The shots before and after that I shot of this area are actually very dull by comparison. The clear water that incidentally has fallen down from the waterfall probably a, f a minute or two earlier is quite still now and gives us a beautiful reflection of the green foliage on the opposite bank. The new greens in the woods um, are also highlighted by the warm sunlight adding a little extra colour and there's the browns and rusty reds uh, that make up the rest of the image. It was shot at f16 for one third of a second at ISO 50 with my 24-105mm f4 lens. The thing that uh, lets this shot down quite badly, in my mind at least, is the black mesh around the tree on the left uh, in the left foreground. This is probably to stop deer from eating the bark from the uh, trees in the winter and therefore killing the trees. but. I, I really just wished it wasn't there for this particular shot. And with that, we'll call it a day for today. Part two of this podcast should be released early next week. Uh, please remember to vote for this podcast on Podcast Alley, uh, as it's now the start of a new month and the votes uh, have been reset. There's a form on the podcast page at martinbaileyphotography.com to make it easier for you to vote. Also remember that there are still almost three weeks left of the rainy day assignment, which uh, closes on June 25th. So if you still haven't posted your entry, please take a look at the details in the assignment forum. And if you didn't listen to the original podcast on this assignment, you can go back to episode 37 for more details. I'm already seeing some great images that have been uploaded uh, to the assignment gallery and I can't wait to see what the rest of you make of this assignment. Remember that the prize is an original print of any of the photos in my online gallery at any size up to A3 plus or 13 by 19 inch 
uh, on the paper of your choice. Also, votes will be accumulated throughout the year uh, for a grand prize, which right now, although I don't know uh, what it will be, will definitely be something more than one of my prints and hopefully something you'll be happy to receive too. So I hope you've enjoyed this uh, first ever enhanced Martin Bailey photography podcast. As usual, I've enjoyed putting it together despite uh, there being a bunch of um, things to learn, uh, pretty steeply at learning curve um, today and over the last few days trying to get things going. But um, hopefully I'll have got this new technology cracked and we'll be able to continue doing this. So whatever you do with the rest of your week, uh, please enjoy doing it. And if you'll be out photographing, I'm sure you'll enjoy doing it. Basically, just have a good time doing whatever you do. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak again next week. Bye-bye.